Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Kranitsya, The Well, a monthly podcast on Ukrainians around the world. Today is Wednesday, September 6th, 2017. I'm pleased to say that we have with us today John Pihach, who is a noted expert on Ukrainian genealogy. Many of us have used his book, Ukrainian Genealogy, A Beginner's Guide, published in 2007 by the Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies Press. And so today we'll be chatting a little bit about genealogy and also trying to get some background on John as well. So welcome, John. Hello, I'm glad to be with you. Thanks for joining us today on Krenitsia. So can you give us some background on your family first? Uh, when did your Ukrainian ancestors come to Canada and where did they come from? Uh, my father was born in the former Austrian province of Galicia in a Ukrainian village, which today is practically at the Polish-Ukrainian border, but on the Polish side. Uh, he came to Canada in 1913. My mother was born in Canada, but her parents came to Canada also from the similar region as my dad, and they arrived in 1898, and they settled in Western Canada. So they were among, uh, your mother's side was among the early Ukrainian pioneers in Canada. That's right. It's in the first immigration, as we say, in Canada. So how about your educational and professional background? I understand educationally you have a Bachelor of Science degree in physics from the University of British Columbia, and that's kind of a long way from genealogy. So tell me about that. How did you get into physics? kind of uh, got involved in many things, but physics was an early interest, I think, because when I was a child, I saw a picture of Einstein, and then I read a little bit about relativity, and that subject fascinated me, and I thought that's what I would like to study, and that's what I did. And so did you continue with that as a profession, or did you uh, work as a professional in another area? Uh, no, I, I actually... Uh, that I haven't lived a conventional life, and I actually say that I lived from project to project rather than from careers. And so at some point I went back to school and studied fine arts, but I also had, ever since I was small, I wanted to see the world. So I spent many years wondering about Asia and Europe and actually making about a dozen trips to Ukraine. And uh, so, yeah, I've sort of as I've mentioned, haven't lived a conventional life. So you've been involved in a lot of different projects, not the least of which is uh, your, your uh, Ukrainian genealogy efforts. How did, how did you first become involved in that? Uh, well, I think it has to do with my father's stories. Uh, when I was young, he told me many, many stories about his life when he was growing up overseas. And so I've always had this desire to see this ancestral place. I wasn't strictly interested in genealogy at the time, but I always wanted to see this place. And after one or two trips there, I guess that's where my genesis in genealogy came from. So that's uh, basically from visiting the ancestral home, I developed an interest in genealogy. So when did you first start uh, researching and then eventually writing about Ukrainian genealogy? Because your book was published in 2007. 
And I'm assuming that you were doing work well ahead of that, that year. Uh, yes, I actually began my research, personal research, not research for the book. Uh, my first trip overseas was in 1972, a long time ago. And many of my trips to Ukraine were in Soviet times when it really was very difficult or impossible to do research in archives. Uh, but I was always hoping when I was beginning my research that there would be some guide or some Ukrainian genealogical society, but there really was nothing at the time. I waited years and years, but at the same time I was doing my research and eventually I came to the point where I had developed a lot of experience and some expertise and I felt that it would be useful for many other people if I shared my experiences. And that's when I decided to write the book. Actually, I wrote the book uh, quite some time ago, but it was also with the publisher for about three or so or more years before they actually came up with the published uh, result. So, uh, and how long did it take to actually write the book? Uh, I think perhaps about three years, the actual writing, but it's hard to separate the research from the writing as well. Sure. But if we get down to the whole task of writing it, perhaps about three years. And you mentioned that the publisher had it for about another three years after you finished it. Were they basically working on editing it or trying to figure out how they would position the book out there? No, I think it's mainly because they have a queue. They have other books ahead of me that they had to publish, and they do not have a large staff, so it just dragged on, you might say, for that long. Right. My turn came up. What was your biggest challenge in trying to pull this book together on Ukrainian genealogy? Well, it's difficult to answer that one. I think perhaps the biggest uh, challenge was simply to sit down and write every day even when you're not in the mood of writing. And I think that sort of required me to muster a lot of self-discipline. So that's one. And the other thing that uh, I was pondering a lot was not just what to include, but what to exclude. Because I didn't want a bulky book that would basically just be fit for reference, uh, being placed on reference shelves in libraries. I wanted something that the average researcher could actually have in their hands. Uh, so I decided not to include a lot of information about researching your North American roots because that information is available in documents that other ethnic groups use. There's no difference between, say, uh, researching your Ukrainian roots from researching, say, Italian roots in North America, we use the same census records, so on, and so many books have been written on that subject, so it would have been pointless for me to continue with that, so I basically just summarized North American research and got to the more interesting part about getting overseas and using resources that are there beyond, you know, birth, marriage, and death records. So that were two sort of considerations that I was uh, preoccupied with. Right. And, and how difficult was it working in the archives in Ukraine? Uh, did you work, for example, in the uh, Lviv Central Archives? Yes, that's uh, principally the only archive in Ukraine that I worked with. I also 
because my ancestors were born in what is now Poland, I also had to work in some Polish archives. Uh, but uh, during Soviet times, it was practically impossible to work in the archives. And so it's only when Ukraine became independent or just before it became independent that I was able to access the archives. And then it was uh, quite easy. The archives were very cooperative and I was free to use all the resources that I wished. Interesting. Whole different atmosphere now. Oh, yes. Entirely <laughs> different. What is the um, interest in, in Western Canada now among Ukrainian Canadians? Are many people interested in their genealogy? Uh, yes, uh, quite a few. I'd say a lot of people are, and that is why I've puzzled that in the past, having all these Ukrainians being interested in genealogy, no one's ever written a Ukrainian genealogical guide or established genealogical societies at that time. So, yeah, there still are a lot of people interested in genealogy. And I'm curious, I noticed that you had a book come out this year called Mud Eater, an American well, so buffalo hunter. That you would have heard of that. <laughs> so I'm curious about this book. It doesn't appear to have anything to do with genealogy. What was the, uh, how did you get into that and what is it all about? Uh, well, it's a curious uh, way that I got to write this book. I found out that my next door neighbor was the great grandson of this fellow called Irwin Mud Eater. And this was a fairly notorious person that actually was an American who grew up in the Old West and his life reads like something in a Western movie. And also, he came to Canada to escape justice in the USA, changed his name, and actually became something of a hero when we had a rebellion here in 1885 and he apprehended the leader of this rebellion. But he had two different identities and his identity was always hidden in Canadian history books, and I was able to reveal his whole life story and his previous identity simply because of my contact with my next-door neighbor, who actually had a copy of a memoir that this man wrote, but it was never published, so it's a really interesting story, and I believe there's a bookstore in Manhattan that actually carries the book. Well, it appears to be up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble online as well, if any of our... Yes audience that, is interested. Correct. And the name of the, the title of it again is Mud Eater, an American Buffalo Hunter and the Surrender of Louis Real or Ryle? Real. Real. So if, if any of you are interested in, in finding out more about John's book, go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble to find out about that. Well, thanks for bringing this up. I'm surprised that you introduced this in the subject on Ukrainian genealogy. Well, I wanted to get background on you, John, so I, I found this out, and it's, and it's interesting. I'm also curious if you ever give talks on Ukrainian genealogy, and if so, are they limited to Western Canada, or have you traveled anywhere else? Uh, well, I have given talks uh, uh, for genealogical societies at conventions and some Ukrainian uh, organizations. Uh, I've done it in Western Canada, but I also at one time was invited to Chicago by the Ukrainian Professional and Business Association there. That was quite a few years ago. Uh, but I haven't in recent years. I've been 
engaged in other matters, such as writing this present book that also took me about three years. Uh, and now I've, I'm reaching 70 years old, so it's becoming more difficult for me to uh, muster all the mental resources that are required to come up with a presentation. And I'm also focused on other matters, so I haven't in the last few years done presentations. So as a final question for you, I'm curious, what advice you would like to offer to uh, folks who are just starting out with research on their Ukrainian ancestors? How do you suggest they go about it? Well, one of the regrets I hear from people that are researching their family history is that they never got around to talking to so-and-so before they passed on. So I think that would be the first thing researchers should do is talk to your oldest relatives or even uh, friends of relatives who may know a lot of the information that your ancestor had told them. Uh, and another thing would be to join a genealogical society because uh, you get to share information with other people that are perhaps doing the very same thing you are and are at a different stage and could be of assistance to you. And often they have a newsletter or a journal that would uh, provide you with uh, a lot of information in these publications. So I, I think those are the two things that uh, I advise beginning researchers to do. And I understand that the association that you're with in Western Canada, the uh, Eastern European Genealogical Society, has been around for quite a few years, I guess going back into the 1990s? Uh, that's correct. And I, I think probably its membership, the largest proportion of uh, researchers are actually Ukrainians. So Ukrainians have sort of focused their interest in genealogy into the society because, uh, as I mentioned, at some time in the past, there really weren't any Ukrainian genealogical societies. And the journal of this society, actually, I was the library chairperson for the East European Genealogical Society for about 10 years. And the journal is, is a real treasure because it's published people's research experiences in trips to Ukraine and Poland. And also they come out with uh, new resources, new materials you find in archives as I mentioned, that aren't strictly birth, marriage, and that type of records. So it's a, a really a good uh, society for Ukrainian researchers, and its members are are found all over Canada and the United States. So yes, I'm a uh, member I'll, too. <laughs> oh well, that's great, and and I, I think you would agree that the journal is worth receiving even if you can't attend meetings or aren't even living anywhere near Winnipeg where the society is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it helped me in the late 1990s really start digging into my ancestry. So it was very helpful. But uh, if uh, anyone in our audience would like to find out more about EEGS, what is the URL for it? top of my head, I can't honestly say that, but if they Google East European Genealogical Society, they will, uh, they will get to it. Okay, great. Well, John, I think that's all the time we have today, and I want to thank you on behalf of Krenitsia, The Well, a monthly podcast on Ukrainians around the world.
It's been really interesting talking with you today, and I wish you the best of luck with Mud Eater and all of your other projects. Well, thank you so much. Take care now. And all till... the best to you. All right. Take care now. Till next time.